You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to another edition of the Steelers Retro Show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. With me, as always, is the incomparable Tony Defio. Tone Def, what is going on, my man? I am doing fantastic, Brian. How about you? I'm hanging in there. It is so close to the NFL draft. And all anybody wants to talk about is the draft, but you and I have that luxury to go back in time and check in on some fun games that we remember from our 40 plus years of fandom, Tony. And this is a dandy. It certainly is. And it was important. The division title was on the line, a a surprise rival. Uh, It was a a lot packed into into a Monday night. It it definitely was. And it was a couple of days before Christmas and I am a huge Christmas guy. So I was feeling so good going into this, but an interesting thing happened. I was on a six game losing streak, Tony. I bought a pair of Steeler official NFL Steeler camouflage cargo pants. Mm. And I bought those pants right after the Steelers beat the Baltimore Ravens in the AFC divisional game in 2001. So the next week, I went to the AFC Championship game wearing my brand new pants, and they lost. They lost to the Patriots. So in six games, starting at that AFC Championship game and in the 2002 season that they were pretty good, I was winless in those pants. That included that famous tie between the Falcons and the Steelers. It included the 24 to six loss to the Houston Texans (laughs) where Houston scored all these defensive touchdowns and special teams touchdowns and could not do anything on offense. It was so bad that after that game, when my friends realized that it was six games that I attended and they lost 
and they didn't lose a lot because this was a playoff team that year. Yeah. They threatened that they were going to take the pants and they were going to break in my house and take the pants. So what did I do? I surrendered the pants, Tony. If I'm going to give up these pants, we got to do it right. So I went to my friend's house, Tom, and my buddy Gene was there and we had a ritual right before the game started where we burnt the pants over a fire. There was no turning back. There was no turning back. And they went on a good run. I went to the very next game the next week against the Baltimore Ravens after Christmas. And I was wearing a pair of jeans because I (laughs) I didn't have my, my special pants. And what happens? They come from behind and they make the playoffs based on that victory there and based on this game tonight. So it's really special. Was this a fantastic game? No, but it was a great backdrop, and I can't wait to tell you all about it. And things that happened in pregame were just as exciting, Tony. But first, before we get into this game, let's go back in time to December 23rd, 2002. It was a 64-degree night in Tampa Bay where the Steelers were playing, and it happened to be the time that the Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers, was number one at the box office. Lose Yourself by Eminem was the number one single in the U.S. Wow. Were you a fan of Eminem? Yeah, I thought, I, briefly I was. I thought he did some good stuff back then, but uh, you know they're still playing that regularly here in Pittsburgh, so I don't know if that's a national thing or, or if we're still behind in the times, but I hear that in all the pop stations still uh, 19 years later. I think that song is still a big deal, but not as big a deal as the number one song in England, Tony. I know you were a big fan of the Cheeky Girls with the cheeky song, parentheses, Touch My Bum. I'm not sure I know that one. I've never heard of it, but when I looked it up, I was like, I've got to bring this up because it's the Cheeky Girls. I'm glad you said that because I, immediately I started trying to figure it out in my head and maybe maybe, I've, maybe I never actually have heard it. Who knows? And now... We've all have to go to iTunes, yes. Spotify, check out Touch My Bum, and you're not <laughs> going to get the three minutes that you get listening to it back, but it was number one in England across the pond. It must be something good, Tony. It must be. It sounds like, I think they went on to have the same kind of career as Mariah Carey, Madonna, real icons. <laughs> I was taking a drink. I almost did a spit take when you said that. <laughs> so let's go back to this game. Something else was going on at this time. It was the anniversary of something that was a pretty big deal. And it was a big deal to the guy in the broadcast booth, John Madden, who still has never gotten over the fact that this was the 30th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Something I think you've heard of, Tony, and it does not have anything to do with the reception on your television. Oh, yeah. It's it's the, the biggest play in sports history as far as I'm concerned. Certainly most improbable and, and it was funny watching Madden really uh you could tell he hadn't gotten over it yet he, he was needed some therapy and definitely Franco gave me a, a, a Merry Christmas on, on this anniversary it was pretty funny let's get into this game Tony the Steelers once again were on the road to face the Buccaneer Red Pewter and Bay Orange of the home team I didn't know it was called Bay Orange or Buccaneer Red but I knew it was Pewter being involved The Steelers definitely needed a win that day to punch a ticket to the playoffs after starting off one and three, such a memorable year and undergoing a quarterback switch from Cordell Stewart to Tommy Maddox, the home team 
Tampa Bay needed a win for seeding sake as the division title was still on the line in the NFC South as well. Now, Tony, there was some hatred and you mentioned an improbable rival and there was a rivalry between these two teams. Why was that? Well, for, first of all, uh, they, they played in, in 2001 and then there was the, the realignment. Uh, they, they, the Steelers went from the central division to the AFC North. So it was just a fluky thing where they, they wound up playing each other again, but that was a minor thing that, the major thing was Lee Flowers after the after the the first victory in 01, he called the uh, the Buccaneers paper champions. So that that kind of got the ball rolling. I love Lee. He had a mouth on him. Oh yeah, <laughs> he knew he knew how to trash talk. That's for sure. I don't I don't know how popular he would be today with social media, but but back then he was he was a lot of fun. Well, one of the reasons he called them paper champions, one the Steelers' defense sacked that what was supposed to be a great team and Brad Johnson ten times that night back in 2001 also Warren Sapp I'm gonna say he's a hall of famer but he's kind of a jerk and so something that he would like to do is he would like to run through their warm-ups of the visiting team and run through and disrupt them like skip through them and that really riled up the Steelers the year before this year they were ready for it Jerome Bettis was waiting for it. James Ferrier, these guys were, yeah. were waiting for it to happen. James Ferrier was not on that 2001 team, but knew it was going to happen, and they weren't going to let it happen. Here comes Warren Sapp. Skip it. He was skipping, like sashaying right. through the daisies. Right. It was a total heel move. And uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. And there, was, there was no way he was going to get through that, that thing unscathed, and he didn't. So he, he kind of did because Bettis pushed him, and he kept on going. And then some other players, James Ferrier and Nate Webster would get into it in the warmups. It became a little bit of a brawl before the game started. Paper champions didn't have as much to do with it as much to do with what Warren Sapp and company did the year before. And the Steelers were not going to be pushed around. And you have a running back. I don't care if he's a huge guy like Bettis, but running backs usually don't fight like that. But this guy was, and he was sticking up for his team and the team was going to make sure that it did not happen again. But what they really needed to do, they needed to do all their fighting on the field, and that's something they would do that night, Tony. Monday night was definitely rocking as Al Michaels and John Madden, as we mentioned before, were calling the game. It was always a treat to listen to those guys go. And Steeler Nation was representing at Raymond James Stadium. Lots of fans in the stands, as always, especially in Florida, including a future Steeler, at least a future Steeler practice squad guy and a future Steeler that would be in camp with them by the name of Trey Griffey. I guess his dad's kind of a big deal, Tony. I, I don't know. Yeah. He, he, he hit the ball pretty well when he played in, in, in major league baseball. He was, he was, he was pretty good. Pretty good. He came from a, a decent enough baseball family. Yeah. I guess his grandpa was a good player too. <laughs> I don't know. God bless the Griffeys. I used to love Ken senior and Ken Griffey jr. Just fantastic. The Pirates actually should have had, they had the worst record in 1986 and should have had the number one pick and should have had Ken Griffey Jr. But there was some kind of weird role that the Mariners got instead. I'm still very sore about that, but that's you, for another time. Yeah, could you imagine Bonds and Griffey and Van Slyke in the same oh, outfield? Wow. Oh. They might have actually won the World Series. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's all I'm going to say. Another future Steeler was there as well. Do you know who that was? Was he, was he a toddler at the time or was he uh no, 
No, he was the secondary coach for the Buccaneers. Oh, how by the name of Michael Petaway Tomlin. Talk about your poor timing by me, man. (laughs) The the, the moment was too small for me, Coach Tomlin. Sorry. (laughs) Or no, too big for me. I'm sorry. Too big for me. You know, see, and that moment was too small, big for me. Yeah, whatever. Edit that out. That's really funny. The Steelers' explosive rookie Antoine Randall-L took the opening kickoff to the 19-yard line, and out came one Tommy Maddox, one of my favorite Steelers of all time. He had guns a-blazing at the very beginning, Tony. Were you a big Maddox fan like I was? I thought he was a class act. Oh, I, I thought he was, a, he was a breath of fresh air when he came in here. I mean, he, he probably saved their 2002 season. They were 0-2, and Cordell Stewart was struggling mightily, and he came in and helped them win that Browns game and I mean it was like an offense that you had never seen uh, with them except for maybe that one year with with that O'Donnell in 95 all that passing it was uh, it was extraordinary it was so exciting on the first play from scrimmage Maddox threw a 41 yard completion to Plexico Burris to get to the 40 yard line of the number one defense overall against the pass and with points allowed Burris caught another strike from number eight to take it down to the Tampa 12. Following a one-yard run by Jerome Bettis, Randall L. caught a swing pass and motored in to the end zone for the first rushing touchdown of his career. Fellow rookie Jeff Reed tacked on the extra point, and the Steelers led 7-0 with only 2.52 drained from the game clock. How about that, Tony? Oh, what a way to start a, an important game like this when you have the division title on the line. You're, you're playing against a team that you've been talking back and forth in, in the paper and you go down and it was an absolute clinic. Tommy Maddox was spot on on it. I mean, he was perfect on this drive. It was, it was fantastic. The Tampa offense came out for their initial possession of the Monday night football contest to take on the NFL's number five ranked defensive core and the top ranked team against the run. John Gruden's Bucks would also be without their QB one, a man named Brad Johnson. And we mentioned that he got sacked 10 times before in 2001 against the Steelers the veteran Johnson would announce on Monday that he indeed would not be playing due to suffering a back contusion the week before just a couple hours before the game I believe Tony is that correct yeah it was, it was last minute and, and he looked fine on the sideline but it was it was a decision where they didn't want to they didn't want to uh, take a chance and further injure that back uh, heading into the playoffs so they decided to go with Sean King as, as the quarterback Yes, yeah, Sean King would make his first start in two seasons for the Bucs against a team that did not expect the mobile quarterback to play at all. So that means the Steelers weren't ready for this. So their defense was going to have to adapt. They would, and that would be great. They would employ the blitz in the early going against Tampa. On the second play, Kendrell Bell reached King as he just got the ball off towards Keyshawn Johnson. And Chad Scott... He was a hero here. He stepped in in front of Johnson and number 30 glided 30 yards into the end zone for the pick six. Just like that, the visitors are leading 14 to nothing, Tony. We were thrilled that they got off to a great start. Even greater start right there, Tony. Absolutely. And I'm sure Jerome Bettis was on the sideline saying, skip this to Warren Sapp. 14, nothing, just like that. And, uh, and, and Kendra Bell went, Brief time that he was here, he was a force of nature, and you saw that on his play, the way, the way he he forced uh, King in, into that poor decision, and, and, and Chad Scott took advantage, and just like that, uh, the visitors are, are, are dominant early. 
Would the Steelers keep up with this blitzing of the Bucks? We will find out right after this when we come back on the Steelers Retro Show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Welcome back to the Steelers Retro Show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. With me today, as always, going back in time, is my co-pilot. His name is Tony Defio. Tony, what's going on? Buccaneers, they had the great defense, but the Steelers' defense wasn't so bad either, as we saw in that, in that first quarter. Maddox could really sling the pig, and he really loved guys like Heinz Ward and enjoyed throwing to Plexico Burris. He had the rookie Antoine Randall L., they still had a pretty good running game. You had Amos Zeroway. Jerome Bettis was running wild for this team. So it was a team that could really move things. They were getting it done, looking to avenge that AFC championship loss the year before to the New England Patriots. Would they make the playoffs? They would need to win this game. And it was looking good so far as they were up 14 to nothing. The Steelers kept up the blitz on the next series and the Bucks went three and out after Brent Alexander and Mike Logan forced the King throwaway. Maddox and company drove quickly down the field with eight yards by Bettis and two catches for 32 yards by Heinz Ward and also a catch of 26 for Plexico Burris. When Maddox was dropped for a sack, though, by Simeon Rice, Jeff Reed came in for a 26-yard field goal with 430 left in the first. Yeah, only 10 and a half gone. The Steelers were leading 17 to nothing, Tony. Yeah, and, and this was the uh, this is the, the, the Buccaneers, the, the biggest deficit they had faced up to that point in the season. So that was this was quite a remarkable uh, start for the Steelers. Tampa desperately needed points and came out focused on the next series. 
Aaron Stecker's return to the 39 set the Bucks up with good field position. Then Mike Allstott, definitely one of Dave Schofield's favorite players of all time. I believe he had an Allstott jersey at one point. <laughs> I know the Steelers were talking about drafting him in 1996 in the first round. They decided to go the better route with Jermaine Stevens, but that's <laughs> for another time. Mike Allstott once again had an 18-yard run and an 11-yard catch by tight end Ken Dilger. Got the home team all the way down to the 32 before the drive stalled. So Gruden sent out Martin Gramatica, and he connects on a 50-yard field goal. However, John Gruden noticed that Jason Gilden was rolled for holding, and Tampa took the three off of the board looking for seven now, instead of the three that they had, the ball was at the 28-yard line. A good move by Gruden. Uh, I don't. I, at that point in the game, I think I would have. I would have taken the points. It's still pretty early, and it turned out it, it, it was. It would come back to bite him. After Sean King dashed for 15 yards and Allstott eight, the Bucks were at the eight-yard line on on the verge of getting on the scoreboard as the first quarter ended. On the very first play of Q2. Casey Hampton mauled Allstott, jarring the football free. Number 91, Aaron Smith recovered, and the Bucks' decision to take the points off of the board definitely backfired, Tony. Absolutely. You're playing at home. Again, it's really early. Grammatica connected from 50 yards. That's a pretty good momentum builder. To me, I would have taken the points, and it came back to bite him, and it was a beautiful thing to see. Following the turnover, a parade of three and outs commenced with a trio of them, two by the Steelers and one by Tampa. With 8.53 remaining in the second, the quarter saw its first first down as Michael Pittman's second of two runs for 14 yards moved the chains, but the Steelers would face another Tom Tupa punt of only 26 yards. With starting position at the 40, Amos Saraway started the Steelers' move towards the end zone with a catch and a run. In fact, Maddox only employed running backs on this drive. The Steelers got lucky when Alan Fanica recovered a Dan Kreider fumble after a catch. But after getting down to the Tampa 19, Zaraway's run after catch was spoiled by a Chartrick Derby hit that popped loose the ball and then was recovered by Dexter Jackson. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a golden opportunity. To, you know, if they score a touchdown here, I mean, it, it's lights out. It was a shame that that, that famous Amos uh, let the ball uh, uh, slip away, but what are you going to do? The Steelers, had, again, the Steelers had a great defense too, so a 17-point lead was still pretty good. Famous Amos, please don't shame us. <laughs> Needing to get points before the half, King went to the air with passes of 6 to McCardell, then 13 and 20 to Keyshawn Johnson, and a keeper for 7 and a pass for the same amount to Joe Juravicious. But relentless defense by Lee Flowers, Mike Logan, Kimo Von Olhoffen, a near pick by Dwayne Washington. They all forced a Tupa punt, and the half ended on a Tommy Maddox kneel down. Tony, it's 17 to nothing. They escaped points a couple of times. They came up big. They could have scored more. They had their own mistakes, but they're on the road. They're underdogs, and they're winning. Absolutely. And, and they're, they're pretty much stifling the Buccaneers offense. Uh, Tommy Maddox was looking really good at that point, up to that point against the defense. 
they're running the ball. It, it, it was it was a great formula for success, and, and Bill Cowher had to be smiling from ear to ear in, in the locker room. To start the second half, John Gruden gave a vote of confidence to Sean King, but Rob and Brad Johnson were both waiting in the wings should the offense continue to falter. Now, if you bring in Johnson, Brad Johnson, that is, you can't look back. He has to finish the game, and he's got a bad back. If you bring in Rob Johnson and he falters, maybe you bring in Brad Johnson. And this is something that John Madden was talking about the entire game with Al Michaels. So this was a possibility as well. But Gruden wanted to stick with King, and he did. And the offense, once again, continued to falter. It didn't start off well for Tampa as Mike Jones, Dwayne Washington, and Brent Alexander made steps to force a punt again by Tupa. I think he was the MVP for Tampa that game. He had the most yards. It sailed 63 yards. Randall L. fielded the bad ball at the one and returned it to the 23. It was only a 22-yard return, but it was a thing of beauty, a great display of Randall L.'s talent. The Steelers would move the chains, but a Rondé Barber sack of Maddox led to another punt. Tampa was ineffective again, though, and the possession arrow would go back to the Steelers. Besides a 16-yard strike to Burris, a shoving match between future Hall of Famers John Lynch and Jerome Bettis, <laughs> highlighting the drive. But Tom Ruin, who was the Steelers punter at the time for a few weeks in 2002, came on to punt to pin the Bucks down at their own five-yard line. At this point, Gruden saw enough of King Tony. He made the call to the bullpen. Did he bring in the right Johnson, Rob Johnson? I don't think so. Rob Johnson was one of those guys. He looked the part, but he, he never really put it all together. And, and uh, yeah, he probably should have brought in Brad, I'm thinking. Well, maybe if he would have brought in Rob Johnson from the beginning, they could have done better. It looked like the move would make some immediate impact, but it ultimately would not pay off. The former Jag and Bill was less mobile than King and was sacked by Chemo once and then twice by Aaron Smith on the same series. His arm was more effective, though. Completions to McCardell, Juravicious, and Allstott, as well as four to Keyshawn for 12, 17, 23, and 15, got the hometown box on the doorsteps at the three-yard line. Casey Hampton would stop that threat, though, by stripping Johnson for a sack with Kendrill Bell recovering. They were at the three, Tony. And they stopped it. It was the fourth sack of the series in which Rob Johnson threw for 97 yards in the series because of all those penalties and all that. The Steelers would have the ball at their own 10-yard line as the fourth quarter would begin. Man, they had a chance to score. And this Steeler defense, they were coming from everywhere, Tony. Absolutely. And this had to be so deflating for the Buccaneers. I mean, you think you're thinking you're going to score and get within 10 points with one quarter to go. And, and uh, Casey Hampton, he was, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, he's at least a borderline hall of famer and he was often so dominant and on his play. I mean, he just, he just destroyed the center and he was in Rob Johnson's face and, and took the ball right, right away from it. It was just such a, such a neat thing to see. And, and I, I still miss Casey Hampton. He's definitely a hall of honor guy. I will tell you that he will be in the Steelers hall of fame. Both teams would trade punts in the following series as defense would prevail. With 3.34 remaining, Johnson took to the air with the ball at their own 33. Runs by Brad Johnson, excuse me, by Rob Johnson, 
Let me try that again. Runs by Rob Johnson and Michael Pittman, a roughing penalty on Aaron Smith, and passes to Johnson and McCardell, had the Bucks with a first down at the 18. On the next play, Johnson to Johnson over Flowers and Washington, put Tampa on the board. It was too little, too late, with 123 remaining in the contest. After the onside kick failed, the Steelers bled the clock out, and Tampa timeouts were going by the wayside quickly to finish off John Gruden's team. Sure, the Steelers were eliminated in the second round of the playoffs, and Tampa would go on to win the Super Bowl. But on this night, Tony, the Steelers once again crowned the Bucks as paper champions. Absolutely, and and and, and not only that, but they they clinched the AFC North. And and as Bill Coward always used to say, there's a fine line, and the Steelers were basically a, a player two away from making it to the AFC Championship game that year. If they make it there. Who knows what happens? And I would have loved to see this matchup, uh, a three-peat or whatever you want to call it, in, in, in the Super Bowl between these two teams. I think it would have been an excellent game. And I think the outcome would have been a lot different. It's easy for me to say now, but I would have just loved to see this, these two teams hook up in the Super Bowl. I think it would have been fantastic. Yeah, I definitely don't see Tampa's defense scoring that much like they did on the Raiders, on the Steelers. But you never know. They were ready for that game, and it was a clinic that they put on. And Mike Tomlin really helped punch his ticket in that game as his defensive backs. One of his defensive backs, Dexter Jackson, won the MVP in that Super Bowl. But wow, you are right. That would have been tremendous. Madden, that was John Madden, put the offensive line on the horse trailer as the MVPs of the game because they were pretty perfect in that game but the defense with six sacks and stellar play by Mike Logan led the way for the new AFC North champions. Maddox was 17 for 23 for 236 yards and a touchdown. Bettis had 66 yards rushing. Burris was five of five for 127 yards and Ward was perfect. Six targets, six completions as well. 78 yards. It was a good offensive effort a good defensive effort. Now let me scratch that great and great both sides of the ball. I went home happy getting ready for Christmas Eve. And I got to tell you, that was such a fun game to watch and it wasn't the most exciting, but the backdrop with a fight at the beginning with the way the Steelers stood up to a defensive juggernaut, especially early. I love the fact that this game happened and I was feeling awesome, Tony. Oh, me too. It, it, was, it was such a great way for them to uh, rebound after such a horrible start to the year, 0-2 and, and then 1-3. and three. Uh, but, but, but they got their act together. They found the right formula on offense with Tommy Maddox. And of course, that defense just too, truly dominant. Not, probably doesn't get enough, enough credit because they didn't win a Super Bowl in that era, but it was a really strong defense. And, and there, there's a nice story in the locker room after this game. You know, I, I saw it on a, a DVD years ago about Bill Cower. He went in into the uh, locker room and said, all right, it's a short week. So you guys have to come back in tomorrow uh, for practice or whatever. And then he left the room and he came back in and said, I'm just kidding. See you guys on Wednesday. And they all went nuts. And I think it was a, a nice lesson there about, about uh, rewarding your players and, and cutting in some slack and, and they'll, they'll fight to the death for you. And that's what uh, Bill Cowers players always did for him. Yeah, they absolutely did. And that was a true team back then. I, I really loved that team. And all the crying that you did here in the background, that was put in as a special effect to show how much crying that Warren Sapp and John Gruden and the Buccaneers team were doing during this entire game. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it, they were paper champions up until that point. Lee Flowers had a point. I mean, they didn't really do anything up until that year, and, and they basically got Tony Dungy fired the year before. So, I mean, he was he was spot on. I mean, they were winning division titles. They were winning big games in a regular season, but they can never put it all together. But as far as the Steelers' season, the 2002 season, it was just a, a fantastic year and one I'll never forget. And it was one of those years I turned 30 that year, and I kind of felt old all year. And boy, what I wouldn't give to be 30 again. So uh, it's one of those years I'm always, I'm always going to cherish. So with that being said, Tony, this was a fun game to talk about. We are going to go back in time to 1982 next week for a season opener. And the Steelers find a brand new kicker for a long, long time. We'll do that next week on the Retro Show. Until then, thanks for hanging out with us, Tony. Oh, thank you. This was this was great. And I can't wait to, to talk about that, that next game, the Cowboys game from 82. It's, it's, it's something I, I haven't seen for 39 years. So I'm definitely going to enjoy watching that. For Tony Defio, my name is Brian Anthony Davis from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. You can take us away. We don't mind. But you better promise us we'll be back in time. All right, Tony. We'll see you next week on The Retro Show. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.